0: It's magic time.
1: It's I see Jason's wearing his Boom. BHIS
0: shirt. Hey, Ralph, can you cover for me for uh, I think Wednesday? Did yeah, to was- get a hold of you. Yeah, she did. I can. I can do that. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. There's a thing that Eric and I are going to tell people about. Yep, I heard already. Yeah, like
1: God damn it, dude! It's all over the news, man.
2: Yeah. So, someone so tell
3: me
0: what the. Oh, okay. Is this like a secret or can I get in trouble or what? It's literally the thing that we just talked about a little while ago. Oh, okay. That thing. <laughs> All
2: right. Oh, that thing. Oh. That thing.
1: All right. You don't have
2: to put
0: on a red light.
1: Are we live? Yes, we, we are live. Are.
0: Sweet. You don't care if it's wrong or if it's right.
1: Everyone came here for your singing. Sweet. <laughs>
2: you might want to fast forward like four minutes
1: to the actual new <laughs> <Louis. laughs> This ain't the webcast yet. I thought we had the intro song. We
0: should. It's about yeah, time. Just, uh, All right. Man, ready for that? I here we know go.
1: No, it's like, oh, it's like mediocre as good as you guys. But, you know, I really do think Bo... Possibly sounds better. Yeah. I agree
2: with that. Oh, no. Double. What am I doing?
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Black Hills Information Security talking about news, or as I like to say, the everything is completely screwed up and we're all going to die edition (laughs) of BHIS. Wait a minute. Is that a bit too strong? Do I I need to dial dial that back, or are we just going to keep rolling with it? I I, I thought hyperbole is what we were all about here. Maybe take it back a bit, just a bit, just a hair? Okay. Okay. Hello, welcome to BHIS, talking about news. And in this webcast, everything is sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, and everything's okay. There. Now, between those two... Between those two, somewhere is the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I am joined in this episode. I have Badger C- Crashland, who at some point in the past or the future is going to help you get a job. I have <laughs> Ralph, who's personally responsible for every single power outage in the Tampa Bay region because he is uh, Bitcoin mining. I have Ryan the Shootist, who – I, I can't get over sometimes his color scheme. You, you think that maybe he, he is um, – he's somebody who's dangerous, like hes he's <laughs> – collecting guns or something in his place also in florida um me in an undisclosed location uh we have marcello who is freezing right now and we have mubix who lost a battle today with the ground so it's going to be hit or miss (laughs) with uh, with mubix (laughs) so so. all right so let's kick it off ryan do you have the uh the first story of the day All right, so the first thing that I wanted to kind of throw out for discussion for everybody is uh, something that we've been talking about for quite a while on BHIS webcasts is the browser is the new endpoint. Um, And what we mean by that is if you look at everything, I mean, you have Chromebooks, you have people like, you know have all of their apps or web APIs, web sockets, which Marcello is going to talk about here a little bit with uh, with Mubix. And it's basically the browser is the thing that you see absolutely everything through. And a lot of the apps, all the way down to like Outlook, are really just a glorified, different kind of layout for browser technology. So there's a couple of stories that came out. One of them was uh, there was a fake force point browser plugin that was released, and that is somewhat interesting. This comes from some research that was released from SANS Internet Storm Center, Um, so Johannes and his team. And then also Google removed 500 malicious Chrome plugins. Now, what's interesting about the malicious Chrome plugins being removed from the Google Chrome store is you have to actually register as a developer and get your plugin listed. It goes through a quick security check and review. And what's interesting is it takes, I mean, it sometimes can take like Minutes to go through that entire process uh, to actually get your plugin set up. So, those are kind of setting it off a little bit. And um, I think Marcello and Muvix, you all wanted to talk a little bit about some security research that was done that was talking about SMB and then basically forwarding and accessing that through a WebSockets, which sounds bad. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Go ahead, Marcello.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, I was. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, so definitely, endpoint is becoming the uh, the next. The browser, rather, is becoming the next endpoint. Uh, specifically, with Web Assemblies, that's really the technology that's really driving a lot of this um, this innovation in terms of like attack surface and post exploitation. Uh, there was some research by a who was the author of uh, PyPyCats, Cats, who basically uh, re implemented an SMB stack in Python running within a WebAssembly. So it's basically a Python interpreter running within a WebAssembly within your browser, which is like three levels of of Inception deep. Mm -hmm. Um, In this particular case, though, his implementation requires you to have a WebSocket to TCP proxy running on the endpoint itself. But like, like that, in terms of just like, getting that running it shouldn't be that big of a deal especially through phishing and stuff but yeah it's definitely getting it's it's definitely like migrating to the point where um the endpoint at like executing code in the endpoint isn't viable anymore so might as well just uh execute code within the browser which is much easier since browsers are
0: basically meant to do that now the other thing that's interesting about some of these stories is it does almost look like they're predominantly the, – the ones that were released uh, – basically removed, rather, from the Google Store, they predominantly appeared to be command and control plugins. It almost still looked like – especially with the Force Point one, um, the fake Force Point one, it almost looked like they somehow bypassed the developer mode restrictions – and basically dropped the plugin directly into the system without it actually going through the browser itself. So do you see this like as more like an evolution? Because I know that we've been talking about command and control in the browser for a while, but actually trying to get it to the point where it executes is a little bit difficult because you do have to register, as much as I joke about it, you do have to register as a developer. You have to get it loaded. It goes through some security checks. So it's not exactly the easiest thing to try to drop this right into a browser, but a lot of these appear to have kind of, you know, stager where they got access to the operating system and then used this as the command and control rather than it being completely bundled within the browser itself.
3: Rob, you want to you take that?
2: Can I just chime in and say I don't understand how any of this works, so it must be magic, right? Like, this is magic stuff? Is this all magic? Just for a friend. I, think,
0: I think the reason why it's magic is the operating system, and I'd love to get Marcello and, mm-hmm. and Muvix in on this too, and Ralph. It's magic because the endpoint was traditionally the point that we were trying to attack, and that's getting harder and harder in an enterprise environment. And the ability to actually run an entire interpreter within the browser opens up an entire like attack methodology and toolkit that is normally not available to us with just the built-in utilities that are in the browser. Is that a safe kind of summarization, Marcello? Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I mean, it's
3: important to note that uh, Chrome specifically has taken a lot of steps to try to mitigate some of this attack surface, uh, specifically when it comes to the browser plugins. Um, I think they removed the ability to actually manually... so programmatically install plugins via the command line in Chrome. So you can't like silo plugins anymore, if I recall correctly, Um, or browser extensions rather, not plugins. Um, But yeah, no, the fact, because of WebAssembly now, I think that's definitely, uh, it definitely opens up a huge attack surface just because of the power that sort of gives you. Um, And especially like running interpreters, Uh, Within the browser, like there's like the the Python interpreter implementation in WebAssembly that PyIodide has, um, which is one of them, and then there's actually there's an interpreter, a Python interpreter written in Rust, and since Rust compiles to WebAssembly, that's that's an easy way of going about that too. So, like I feel like this is definitely going to get to a point where we're going to be seeing a lot more of these uh, attacks
0: where we take advantage of just the ability of browsers to just run code. Do you all think that there's something that's changed fundamentally that's making this viable or does it, is it just basically necessity is the mother of all invention? It isn't, it hasn't been necessary up until now. Now the attackers are starting to move into this particular space with more and more urgency.
3: I mean, I think there's going to be, there's, there's still going to be a lot of attacks that focus on just gaining code execution on the endpoint. I think I don't think that's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Um, however, it is getting harder, and especially with like the introduction of uh, sandboxing within Microsoft Word with the new versions of Office having that sandboxing capabilities, um, that, that's going to just completely cancel out, or rather make it much harder um the entire macro attack surface that's gonna that's gonna i think sort of go away because of that um if not like it'll get to a point where you'll only be able to like pivot into a target's network as opposed to actually running code on the endpoint but that's just like a completely different conversation but it's definitely going to make it
0: harder it it definitely is going to make it harder um which is a good thing honestly Cool. And kind of the other thing about this that I think is interesting is whenever people talk about securing this, I don't believe that that's simple to do. Like when you're talking about trying to secure these things, you look at a lot of legitimate applications. Like one of my favorite plugins that I love to talk about all the time is Grammarly, where Grammarly is going through, it's checking what you type, it's making sure that you're spelling it correctly, it's checking your grammar. And that's a keylogger. Um, and it basically persists across every single tab. So you type in a user ID and a password, Grammarly's is going to have access to it. You're uh, typing up an email to your grandmother, Grammarly is going to have access to it. So you're going to be seeing this because I, I don't think it's just as simple as just like, well, why don't they just patch the browser and it's fixed? It's that browser is becoming that operating system, and it's being used for so many different legitimate things. And as attackers, whenever you're doing things like Like offensive security, you want to find those gray areas where you can actually utilize those utilities and those built-in things that normal people need to use every single day. But then you can use them for exfiltration, for command and control, and lateral movement as well.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and also, like, the browser is by design running untrusted code, right? Um, Everywhere you open up, So, like, it's a lot easier to... It's a lot easier just to to get someone to click on a link as opposed to possibly like office document just because you know it's it's literally click as opposed to a few other steps. Um, and I think that's that's definitely where it's heading. Um, it's definitely heading to a point, getting to a point where uh, the browser definitely is going to be the, the new endpoint. And we're and we're seeing a lot of research come out that definitely uh, um, takes that to a whole new level in terms of these new technologies coming out.
2: So, very cool. Yeah. Go ahead. I was. Go ahead. I was going to go say for my daughter and for everyone that's doing virtual school right now that are just using Chromebooks. Does that mean it's the endpoint? Mm-hmm. If it's the browser, it's the endpoint. So that's yeah, uh, That's actually better. exactly the point I was going to make.
4: Um, so lots of lots of companies um, are starting to use Chromebooks as. As an alternative to um, their endpoints, right? Because it's very easy to manage and it's very low uh, low attack surface. So uh, I don't think attacking the browsers all that new, um, but I do think that uh, it's it's becoming the universal OS um, versus the Windows proliferation that has been always there. So uh, attackers are are saying, okay. Well, now there's mac linux sometimes linux twenty twenty one is the year of the Linux desktop right yes, um,
2: it,
4: gotcha yes, so it is um so there's like all of these chromebooks all of and and mobile devices and everything's using either Chrome or Firefox or Safari. so me as an attacker, why would I try and um figure out what o s it is when the browser literally tells me what what o s it is? Um, for, for, from a browser point of view, it tells me it's Chrome. It tells me it's Firefox. So as an attacker, all I have to do is say, oh, okay, here's my little show code for, for or here's my little um, backdoor extension for this browser or that browser. So it's becoming the universal OS. And so... Mm-hmm. That's where, as as an attacker, I want to focus because I don't want to have to deal with Office 365 macro protections and all this stuff,
0: (laughs) right? And and it's funny that you talk about that because, you know, go back to, you know, we're we're old and we've been doing this for a long time uh, with the Java applet attacks. I honestly believed back in the day whenever we started using Java applet attacks uh, to gain access to environments that that was just the beginning, that there was going to be, There was going to be a lot more. It It, it, But, you know, we had that, we had HTA, we had Flash. Flash got shut down. HTA is going away slowly. Um, Java, I can't remember the last time we used a Java applet to gain access to an environment. But it seems to me like there's lots of opportunities to get that level of access, but we haven't seen kind of the offensive space move into it as much and as fast as I thought it would happen.
4: Okay. But, like, if you look back at... at really old blog post by um by mudge for um, cobalt strike he talks about injecting into the internet explorer browser so that your oh, traffic comes directly out through it right it's um, and there was a a blog post by mdsec or um from that sec uh, b a t s three c. He talked about Chrome tools, which has Chrome tap and, and Chrome backdoor. Where if you surf to a web page that you like, if you've been infected before, um, so this is a post-exploitation thing. You switch something in 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 Chrome that stays there. That is not a binary on disk or anything like that. It, it's a it's a change to Chrome that if you surf to a specific page like his blog it has the shell code in a html tag that doesn't show up on the page but runs code on your browser just by hitting his page so i can pop that you know that shell code tag on you know 15 blog posts or or even twitter for instance mm-hmm. and then anyone with that thing pops a shell to my you know c2 yep. and that kind of stuff that that backtoring the uh, there were uh, a long time ago, there was this um, thing called the universal cookie that um, basically yep, had. Yeah,
0: um,
4: that was 2010 for. Yeah. Sake. um Like there there's been browser attacks for a long time, but it's because it's becoming the Java applet. Right. I think that's why attackers are going going that way is like if I can if I embed something in Chrome, like it's going to work on mobile Uh, Mac, Windows, Linux.
0: Yeah. Well, and even if you're looking at the time frame associated with Java, right? You know, Java was around for a long, long, long time. And if you remember back in the early days, people were like, well, Java is secure by default. You don't have to worry about any of the buffer overflow, heap overflow vulnerabilities because Java handles all of that for you and it's completely secure. And we'd all snicker about it, but there weren't a lot of exploits for it. But (laughs) once the attacker community started drilling in on java then all of a sudden there was like the floodgates opened and it was basically we started seeing like almost a new java zero day it was almost weekly for a while and we saw that same thing in adobe acrobat you know there was very few vulnerabilities and then bam it just hit and that's kind of what i think is going to be happening with the browser here shortly just because of you know traditionally is like can we find exploits to gain access to the operating system through the browser and going back to what was that tool from HD Moore? Don Hamoy Or Dom, is it Don <laughs> Dom Hanoi or Homoy? I think it's Hanoi. Wow. Where you could basically fuzz the browser to find vulnerabilities and right out of the gate, he found like dozens of vulnerabilities very quickly. So that's that's what I think that is gonna happen in the same space, is you're going to see people using this as a viable attack platform. The attackers are going to see it, the malicious attackers are going to see it. And it's just gonna blossom and explode
4: so I don't sorry, I don't think that the chrome the browser itself is going to be the attacked thing because um, google is is really fast at updating things and they have a great bug bounty program still <laughs> I think what it's going um, what's going to be is it's going to be WordPress all over again where all of the plugins. And extensions yeah. are going to be the ones attacked. I've already seen a couple exploits out that are DLL hijacking for Chrome plugins. Right, you just toss a DLL in that extension, which you know they have, like Honey. I think there was one mm-hmm. on or for Honey. So everyone's installing yep. Honey for the for their the coupon codes. And yep. if you put a file in a specific location, it pops a couch for you. Right. So
0: I think and, that's and I where wonder... it's going to go. And I agree 110% with you, but I wonder sometimes if it's a distinction without a difference. It's like Microsoft Windows, right? You still have people in security that are like, oh, Microsoft Windows is a horribly insecure operating system. And anybody that really knows what they're talking about will tell you you're wrong. You need to go sit in the corner and read a little bit. (laughs) Really, the vulnerabilities are in the third-party applications that you run. And for a lot of people, they can't grok that, right? Like they have a real hard time to like, but I'm exploiting Windows. It's like, no, 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 no. You're exploiting this podcasting service on Windows or you're exploiting yep. this application that somebody downloaded. It's very, very difficult for people to... Heather just typed in, honey, too? Ah! Yep, sorry. Um, it's very, very difficult for people to tell the difference. And it also gets into, I don't think it's possible for Google to completely police all the stupid plugins that people can install. So it's a really difficult spot for a big, big, big company like Microsoft or Google to take on the responsibility for absolutely everything there.
1: Doesn't doesn't that uh, kind of bleed into to how iOS handles their marketplace and other kinds of marketplaces where you have developers creating applications that run on different platforms and like how they um, manage the security inside of that? I mean, iOS has had issues, but not as much as Android, right? I mean, more of an open platform. You know, that doesn't right. mean there's not issues. I, I all the really the point I'm trying to bring up too is also around Chrome. And the fact that if you want to use Chrome or have this plugin, they could set higher levels of developer uh, hurdles to kind of secure it. So there is ways, I think, to go there, even though none of them are perfect. I think Apple is
4: militant when it comes to security of applications. That's why they're harder to target,
0: right? Yeah. And I think it's because they understand that problem, right? They understand that if, if there's something that shows up on iOS even though it's somebody else's application, like if it's angry birds on iOS, the users are going to blame their iPhone Mm -hmm. and they're, they're, they've taken that stance. Absolutely.
4: So one, one last piece, sorry um, to add the, the, the thing that I, I, man, the, how do I put this into words? The thing that I think that is going to be, um, the scariest bit of this is that because everyone uses, like, syncing, like, Firefox has no. it now, Chrome has it now, like, these applications, these, these backdoors <laughs> are getting synced to every device you own, right? So yep. let's, let's, say that, let's say that I have a home computer and I have my applications and extensions on my home computer. And then I get a work computer, which I have, and I'm, I'm thinking security. So I have one browser for my work stuff and one browser for my home stuff, and and that other browser syncs all of that, all of those extensions on over um, to my work computer. And now I've popped my work computer unintentionally. How do I, how do I grok that as a, as a defender? Like, it's a,
0: it's a feature. It's it's a feature. But then, you know, it's kind of interesting that you talk about because, you know, a lot of the plugins or the things that we go to have plugins, right? So if you look at Outlook, Outlook has its own plugin infrastructure. And it basically utilizes those plugins while you're using Outlook online, but it'll basically take those manifest XML files and those plugins and then sync them over to your Outlook client, and then you log into another browser and does the same thing. So sometimes it's not even you know, just the plugin for the browser. Sometimes it could be the pages that you go to have built-in plugins that they're syncing on your behalf as well. So you're right. It is an absolutely really difficult problem. And I don't think it's something that's, that's, that's easily grokkable by systems administrators. So are we, re- are we ready to talk about ICS and, and water now?
2: You mean the scary one? You want to talk about the, the scary, scary one? one? like the so, I yeah.
0: thought
4: we were already talking about the scary stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That was just a light scary. This I is was so broad, scary.
0: like, you know, whenever I'm reading these news stories and I'm looking at these browser plugins, I'm like, this is hella bad. But the next story that we're going to talk about, that's on like front page CNN and Drudge right now.
2: Yeah. That one's scary to me who doesn't know how all the other stuff works. So
0: because that's... you drink water. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. Um... So first things first, uh, I would like to say congratulations to Rob M. Lee, Uh, because I'm sure that he'll be he'll be he'll be doing very well with Drago's here shortly. I would also like to send my condolences to the staff at Drago's because I'm sure that their workload is going to go up yet again. So congratulations and may God have mercy on all of your souls at Drago's. Um, but this gets into. Something that's absolutely terrifying. Apparently, um, just what is it? Oldsmar, I think is what it is down in Florida. Um, they basically came out with a press conference and they said that an attacker was trying to poison their water supply. Um, and here's the thing that scares the most about this, right? So the Tampa Bay Times, um, I don't want to joke. Like I, I, I have these jokes in my head because Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl. And I'm not going to say these horrible jokes because it's gallows humor. But the, the paragraph out of this entire thing that scares me the most is the attacker was basically increasing the amount of sodium hydroxide or lye in the water by a factor of 100. Now, for security professionals that are listening to this, how would you hope that that water – company or that water company or that municipal water supply organization would have detected this attack. There'd be an alert? No. There'd be some type of signature? No. Network-based detection? Uh-uh. Apparently how this was detected was, quote, the city's water supply was not affected. A supervisor working remotely saw the concentration being changed on his computer screen and immediately reverted it. Then they say that city officials on Monday emphasized that several other safeguards are in place to prevent contaminated water from entering the water supply. And they've disabled remote access into the computer system. So there's a hell of a lot to unpack in that sentence.
3: I just want to point out that um, the person who uh, broke, I think, who broke the story, I don't know, Chris, I think his name is Chris. Uh, just tweeted out that apparently the way they got in was Team viewer. No. Yes, Great. Yeah. Great. So there you go. And I and I was, it was just, I was just saying this to my uh, I was just I I literally was just saying this is probably like just VNC on Stradin or something like that. Um yeah. what really bothers me, and this is just it's a pet peeve of mine, but and it's you know it's it's just, you know, the classic same old story over and over again is that i saw the press conference where they were talking about the sheriff and the mayor and another person was laying this out to the media and uh they again called this it was a sophisticated attack <laughs> it, it this and doesn't look like it was a sophisticated yeah, attack no, at all. It but but the thing okay. is like i think we Try have to it. stop saying this because it's just getting to a point where this is ridiculous we have to be honest and say this is like legitimately the easiest freaking way of getting access you can possibly imagine like i
4: have to push back a little bit have you ever like team has like a you have to have a like a code and stuff like there's uh, there's exploits for it but like or there's been exploits for it but i i to be 100 percent honest i've had customers with TeamViewer, and when i push back and say hey that's a bad idea because it's um multi-home or it talks to multiple servers and stuff like that um, they're like, well, you're paying for the enterprise version. You have to have a username, and password. It has two FA on it. Like, I'm not saying that this is what the, is in case here, but like, you at, at the very least, when you install TeamViewer, and I'm not a TeamViewer fan, I'm just yeah. playing devil's advocate here. Um, like, I have had to had a have a code that then gets repeated and 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 uh, put back like. Not a code that I can generally just guess out of thin air, right? So, like,
3: well, I mean, I'm can we, on how this can works. we, can we, like, I mean, what I'm getting at is, like, it, it, it's not like a like dropping O days or anything like that. Like, I wouldn't call this sophisticated, like, right? I mean, would you agree that it's sophisticated?
4: Um, what, if I, they I if we, they popped an O day to find Team Viewer and and that, like that would be impressive. Yeah, right? that would
0: like, be impressive. What's going on here? More than likely, like we're speculating. But if you're looking at TeamViewer, I can't scan your environment and say, oh, they're running TeamViewer. If you're going to exploit TeamViewer, I have to authenticate to TeamViewer's server, and then I can gain access to your workstation or your servers. So more than likely, what we are seeing here is one of two separate things. Either A, uh, the the Municipal Water Corporation or company uh, basically had a really crappy user ID and password on their TeamViewer authentication. Uh, that's and, and, that, and I think that that's what Marcello is talking about, right? You know, if we're just going to password spray and we're going to get access, that's not that difficult, right? So if that's what they did, they had a password of 1234 uh, or password 1234, then that's not hard. That's not hard at all. The other possibility is if they gained access to TeamViewer, it always comes back to the TeamViewer servers, is TeamViewer themselves got popped. And I'm bringing that up because that did happen a couple of years ago where TeamViewer was compromised and a bunch of their customer comp- uh, customer accounts were compromised. So if you're going to be watching this, I would watch TeamViewer's Twitter feed very closely – Because if it's the customer just had a weak password, they probably won't say anything or they'll let people know that that's what happened. Or what they're going to say is there was a breach of TeamViewer yet again, and they're going to say at this particular point, we're now contacting customers who are currently affected at this particular point. We believe this to be an isolated incident that only impacts a handful of our TeamViewer customers. The overall security of TeamViewer is solid, and we take our customer security very seriously, blah, 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 hippity hop. Um, are
4: you are you getting paid by TeamViewer to make that? Yeah, I,
0: that's, God, that's
1: pretty much that's exactly. I can see the
0: lawyers. Dude, have him slow down, slow down. Um, I'm writing down stuff. But 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 this gets into I I don't have a problem with TeamViewer and like I know Rob, you said that it's not your favorite thing. I don't have a problem with TeamViewer as long as the security part of the organization knows that it's there for remote access. They have secured it with two factor authentication and strong passwords. The thing that gets me is when we're doing hunts at Active Countermeasures with Rita and AI Hunter is we run across a ton of organizations where we're basically doing a network thread hunt. And we're like, you know, you got like 15 systems that are connecting out to a team viewer. Did, <laughs> did you know that? And they're like, no, we had no clue. Yeah. And then they start hunting and they find out that those are actually legitimate team viewer connections. The security team did not know about it. And I think well, that shadow that's IT. What, shadow what about- IT. Shadow IT. What about just
1: a simpler attack scenario, right? I'm thinking, like, how would, how could you break this down? And, like, let's just say TeamViewer is a catalyst. Like, it's just uh, a connection, okay? It's not necessarily compromised. All you do, compromise this guy, right? Target him personally and see if you can get onto his system. That could have been how they did it. They said, hey, this person works at the... Uh, you know the water oh, there are three possibilities yeah yeah and so he goes in they you know they target him they get access to his system he uses team viewer to access this skater system hence the access right so it pops up you know we, they took over the system that's one way but, some creds yeah yeah sure right it, you just attack one person it's a little bit more time consuming but it's probably easier than taking on necessarily all of team viewer The other way to look at it, too, is that um, maybe they compromised something else, something else in their infrastructure via some other unrelated attack scenario. And it had TeamViewer on there and it already either somebody used it or logged in. And then in a list, there was other devices that may have been associated. So, I mean, I think there's a couple different ways this could have went. And TeamViewer just might have been the the pipe that got them into that system as opposed to, like, you know, they compromised TeamViewer
0: specifically, right? So. so Jeff McJunkin had a question. Side note, does TeamViewer show up as a constant connection or its own periodic beaconing in RITA? Um, so TeamViewer, if you actually look at the packet captures, it actually beacons, I want to say, uh, once a second or once five, once per five seconds. I can't remember whenever the TeamViewer session is not active. But once it actually does go active, it actually nails up as a solid session. Uh, from that point on, but it does actually beacon at a very, very regular interval. They, so.
1: they did change the policy too just recently because I've used TeamViewer um, and as of recent, and any device, any new device that you log in, whether you have two-factor enabled or not, uh, it will authenticate via email before you can actually use that device on that system. So
0: yeah, but if this dude was already logged in, no, absolutely, was already yeah. logged in. He's yeah, going to be you're like, good. Oh, I'm logged in, bam. Yeah. Yep. So oh. I, I just, I, I, I don't know that I hate that they say that there were many, many controls and, you know, it sounds like the admin, like what they have more than one person with team running on their system, all watching it at the exact same time. Um, no, it, and it could have been much worse too, because the nature of team is if I'm on my system and then let's say, you know, Jason gets on my system with team viewer, I will see my mouse and things move around um, whereas if it was another command and control channel, like maybe through a browser, it would be possible that they'd be able to send commands without actually doing that. But yeah, it's, it's scary. I'm just happy it wasn't VNC. Uh, cause that, that's like, that's like an order of magnitude worse than TeamViewer at that point.
1: Yeah. TeamViewer is at least updated regularly. It, it is an active product that's used for, you know, whether they should have used it to manage ICS SCADA equipment, probably not, but you know, that's. Totally different conversation.
0: Yeah, and you got to wonder: was this authorized too, or did they even have a security team? I mean, let's be honest: it's a complete possibility that they didn't even have a security team. That this is so doing... you don't have to drive into work, right? <laughs> this yeah, was it. Totally.
4: Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate one more time. Go have for you it. ever. Have you ever been a, a an engineer on at a at a plant where you've had to do like remote work on on like throughout the entire plant right it's gigantic you know multi-acre plant and you have to do all these different tasks throughout the day right so let's say that team viewer is is what you use for that which is not a great solution but what's an, an another solution for that without having to have like 500 you know red tapes to get you know some kind of rdp set up so that you can jump through 16 hoops like Can you give me an alternative solution to TeamViewer that is, quote-unquote, more secure in that scenario?
0: Well, I think that there's lots of other products that are in that same space, right? So you have, like, log me in, or was it go to my PC and all these different remote things? And I don't think the problem is necessarily the products per se. I think the problem is, did the security team know about that being used, and did they implement proper security controls around it? Does that that make sense, Rob?
4: It does, but it doesn't offer the solution, right? So, like, what I'm what I'm saying is, I guess the the problem is that whoever this was had to get his work done. Now, it could be through laziness or, or whatever, right? But they had to get some kind of work done. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's okay to like go around it, but like, I'm trying to find the the underlying problem. Now, oh. the underlying problem could be that it. He That person was lazy and just didn't want to go through the hoops, or that a company like that has so much bureaucracy and red tape to get any kind of you know ease ease uh, of of doing his work done or doing their work done um and so like I think that one of the things we have to keep in mind as organizations is that we may be our bureaucracy or 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 the security that we're trying to put in place is the thing that pushes people to shadow IT.
0: And, and I agree with you 100%. I, I would say the vast majority of times that I've seen shadow IT in organizations, like probably 90%, it's people saying the same thing over and over. I'm trying to do my job. And if I go to the yep. security team, they say no, they say stop, and they don't give me any alternative solutions. So they literally start working around the entire system just so they can do Absolutely. what they're paid to do.
2: So how do we so, fix that? So two things: if my mouse starts moving without me moving it, that's a thing I should that's worry bad. about. Okay. That's bad. bad. No, no that I'm just help, I'm just helping you out, Jason. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, second, uh, this person who noticed the issue was happening and then corrected it. Maybe that is their security for this. Like that. Maybe in the ICS world, and I have no idea. Like. There is the backup. There is a human that makes sure everything is right. No. I think.
3: I, it, I think. It, I think it comes down to if they did they have two fa or not. That, that's what it yeah. comes down to. I think. I mean, yeah. if they had two fa. Then I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that, that's legitimately what it comes down to. Because yeah, they had two fa.
0: We're moving most- into what Ralph talked about, and we're moving into team viewer being compromised. It basically starts excluding. Um, just through scientific deduction how did this happen right
4: most 2fa yeah. was uh most ics systems were invented or created 20 years or more ago right oh yeah. I, I doubt there's 2fa added to anything ics quite yet
0: but but it, we're talking about team viewer hopefully if they are using yeah. team viewer, there yeah, was yeah. there was 2fa right absolutely so, so hey, on, if they, if
3: they on, had 2fa then it would be a sophisticated somewhat sophisticated right. Um,
0: Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm yes, I'm like completely
3: discounting that. But, like, I, I mean, if I, if I had to guess, uh, I would guess that it would,
0: comes down to passwords and lack of 2FA. Well, and that also gets into, like, the solutions, you know, once again, I'm talking about Dragos. Like, just so you all know, Rob M. Lee has never written me a check and never will write me a check. But that is kind of that space that they're moving into. Where, you know, talking about detections, it's not just about detecting team viewer remote connections, but actually watching the communication to the SCADA ICS systems and looking for these out-of-bound parameter changes to say, hey, somebody just increased the n- amount of lie by 100%. You probably want to look into that. Um, but then we get into another concern, how many organizations can actually afford those solutions? And I think that that becomes difficult again. Um, you know, if you're... If you're a small town and you have this water treatment plant and somebody comes in selling a solution that's very expensive to start watching these things, how the hell do you handle that? You're just like, well, everybody got to raise taxes. Um, I I, I don't know. It's not a simple solution. It really, really isn't.
2: So um, I remember when I used to play, my daughter had this Woody thing from Toy Story. And when you'd pull the string, one of the things they would say is, somebody's poisoned the water hole. I've, I've just wanted to say that since we started talking about it.
0: that's Sorry. prophetic. So that's now, do you, do you all think that there's going to be copycats that are going to be going after this, or do you think this will be like something that flares up, everyone gets all worked up for the next few weeks, and then it just dies down?
3: I mean, I this know. has been going
0: on for like.
3: I, I mean, I guess it depends, right? I mean, are we are we talking? It comes down to the complexity. I mean, it, it people have been like going on Shodan and accessing. Uh, stuff like this for years at this point i mean i myself found like a, a power plant on Chardin like a few years ago and it, i mean so i mean it depends on like the level of complexity involved
4: yep and what kind of psyche do you have to have to say oh i'm gonna kill some people with changing the water just to you know for lulls like i think well, that that's another thing in there right so you gotta well, you gotta minimize the attacker base just because there are a lot of even black hat hackers that won't go to that length
3: i think there i mean it there is a there is a serious mental health issue a little bit i I mean i think everywhere in the world right now just because of the pandemic i think that's 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 something to take into account with this and
2: Mm. second
3: i mean i I bring it up to that and then also i mean we still have to find out like what the intentions were um, if if we can at all so i mean if it's a nation-state actor then hey you know yeah, I can see that. You can well, call that, a bi- really? and it was an interesting question. I mean, if you can, it, interesting question that the media, one of the media person people said in the in the press conference was, "Would you consider this a bioterrorism attack?" Which I thought would was uh, a wow. That's a question.
0: it is an interesting is question, it, but that is an interesting question. But I honestly, this this sounds naive, and I and I get that. But for years, we talk about Shodan and what Shodan can show, and. We've all been in classes, we've all taught, or we've been around a class where somebody brings up Shodan, and in five minutes, they're like showing some really scary things that you can gain access to, especially on like images.shodan.io. And, you know, I, I think I've been showing Shodan for a lo- like eight years now in my classes, and always people are like, why aren't we seeing attackers like doing horrible, horrible things? I fundamentally believe. That vast majority of human beings, whenever they get confronted with something like a, a, an ICS system where they can increase the amount of chlorine or lye and water, that they're going to take a step back from that. Um, and I think that's the, what, what's been happening up until this. And I, I honestly hope that I'm naive and I'm stupid and, you know, you know, actually, no, I hope I'm not naive. I hope I'm not stupid. I hope I'm right. Because if you are actually talking to red teamers, you constantly hear the story about how easy it was to gain access to something that's dangerous. And I believe that for years, you've seen attackers or there's attackers that have gotten to that door and decide not to walk into it and actually harm people. And I hope to God that this particular situation, I'm hoping we find out it's a script kitty. They saw a lever and they're like, I didn't know what the hell it was. And I just kind of moved it around. And I didn't, I didn't know. I hope it wasn't a targeted attack where somebody was trying to do harm to other people. Yeah.
2: I, I first, I, I
4: looked up how big the, the area was and it's not huge. So like if it was a nation state attacker, like the, I don't see, I don't see the benefit there. I don't see the motive, right? So if it was, I mean, the only thing I could think of is it was a trial run. Um, And if that, it was a horrible trial run because they got caught, right? Like, but uh, I don't know. Like the, killing women, children, men, like there's no, there's no positive benefit there. Like none. It, Right. I don't see any. Any. Motive that any even even all the APT actors that I've I've known over the years. Right. Like none of them have a benefit in doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So should we wrap it up? Any final thoughts, folks? I think that's a good way to close it out with, from what Rob said.
4: I <laughs> said. Don't, don't kill women and children and men.
0: Yeah, yeah hey, <laughs> That's a good don't kill people, <laughs> period. Uh. All right. All right, let's shut it down, everybody. Thank you so much for coming and listening. And if you're listening to this at some point in the future, have a great time. and We'll see you in the next episode of Talking About News with Black Hills Information Security.
2: Don't kill humans. <laughs> is that to me or is that to everybody? No, just...
0: <laughs> That's to you and every
2: other you. Don't kill things, how about just don't kill things?